0: Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Today's episode is going to be amazing. Absolutely love Jason. I cannot wait to introduce him to you. But first, I want to go ahead and have a quick shout out here to Nick Camerado. Nick Camerado from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, closed on his first property. And he is so excited. He posted all about it on Facebook, and it was absolutely amazing and a heartwarming story about some family history there too. So congratulations, buddy. Super excited for your journey, and thank you so much for sharing. If you guys have an awesome story that you want to share as well about closing on your first deal or or maybe it's closing on another deal, whatever, right, please come out and share it with us. We'd love to hear about everything you guys have going on Thanks again so much and we will continue to you know, pick random ones and shout you guys out here on the podcast and recognize you for all your hard work and your achieving or your steps to achieving financial freedom. All right. So uh yeah, without further ado, let's start the show. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. You're not going to believe what I have on the show today another legend in the game, Jason Hartman. He's the CEO of Platinum Properties Investors Network, uh, the Hartman Media Company, and the Jason Hartman Foundation. And he educates and empowers thousands of people around the world with his Creating Wealth podcast and also his heroic investing show. What's going on, Jason? Hey Mike, uh just keeping busy. How about you? Keeping busy. I'm trying to keep busy too. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And it was great, you know, we actually kind of met because uh there's an old saying, great minds think alike, and the heroic sure. investing podcast is something I started uh kind of as a as a side project. It's certainly not my main thing. Um but uh because, you know, I I saw this problem with with uh, you know, first responders with uh service people that You know, a lot of people take those jobs, those uh, supposedly secure, you know, government jobs, and now we see with the government shutdown, maybe they're not that secure. And certainly their pensions and retirement are not guaranteed the way they used to be. Um, Maybe because the government will default, maybe because of mismanagement, but certainly because of the potential of inflation eating away at them. That'll for sure happen. So we're here to, you you know, you and I both uh, resonated with the same problem and want to help solve that problem for others.
0: That is the truth. There is, there's absolutely a better way to build retirement. And we do really think it is with real estate investing. I mean, it is, it's been a proven wealth builder for so many generations.
1: Yeah. You know, Mike, I like to say it's the most historically proven asset class in the entire world.
0: Yeah everyone always needs a place to live right yeah
1: yeah yeah it's just so so proven and you know it's a, it's a, what i call a multidimensional asset class so you know you, you don't just buy low sell high you don't just buy low, sell high, get dividends. Right. You know, there's multiple dimensions to income property. You can earn, earn a profit a lot of different ways and you can adjust your strategy just like when you're in battle, right? You know, right. you can adjust your strategy to all these different things, you know, the topography, the, the, the weather, the climate, the, the weapon systems you have available to you uh, you know, what your opponent is doing, all this kind of stuff. And I don't pretend to know the military or, be <laughs> guy, but I, I think it's, it's incredible what you people do and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for your service, uh, of you and all your listeners. So, uh, but, but income property offers that, that same kind of thing, you know, you, you really can adjust. There's a lot of dimensions to it, which is, which is really handy.
0: There are, there are so many dimensions. And as a matter of fact, since we're talking about it, do you mind breaking down some of those multidimensional aspects of real estate?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, most people uh, take a, a, a rather shallow view of not just real estate or income property, but really any investment. Because they they just look at, okay, well, you know, I bought that property for $100,000. And, you know, now it went up to $150,000 over the course of a few years. And, uh, you know, I made a 50% return. But that's like amateur hour. Okay. There's so much more to it than that. Because, of course, hopefully, you're going to make positive cash flow along the way. Right. Of course, you're going to get tax benefits along the way, hopefully. Uh, of course, your tenant is going to pay down your debt service or your mortgage along the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then one of the, I mean, there's more dimensions than that, but one of the really cool dimensions that is this hidden wealth creator that very few people really understand is what I call, and it's a mouthful, so I hope you're ready. Inflation-induced debt destruction.
0: <laughs> oh, all right.
1: And I, and I made that term up. It's uh, my own right. little trademark. <laughs> nice. And, and inflation-induced debt destruction simply means and reflects the concept of how, over time, not only do you or your tenant pay down your mortgage, but inflation pays down your mortgage. So it it not only diminishes the value of that monthly payment, making it constantly lower for you to pay that monthly payment, but it also diminishes the overall balance of the loan that you owe. Okay. And so what I mean by that is, you know, look at it this way. Uh, before the great recession, there used to be interest only loans. Those used to be very common right. and uh, well, at least fairly common. Now you don't really have interest only loans, uh, but Um, uh, for purposes of the example, let's talk about interest only loans for a minute. Okay. Let's assume that today in 2019, everybody listening says, Hey, I love this idea. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy 10 properties. And each of those 10 properties will have a $100,000 loan. And the first month, you know, after you close, you're going to get a mortgage statement in the mail. And that mortgage statement is going to say, guess what? You owe one million dollars. Okay, 10, 100000 hundred thousand dollar loans, yeah. right? And so maybe you bought these properties for a million two, and you put two hundred thousand dollars down, just as an example. Okay, and so uh, purchase price a million two, loan balance a million dollars for nice round numbers. Okay, now say those were interest only for ten years, so you don't pay any principal down. Principal's the same, but 10 years from now in 2029, which, you know, you're a young guy, probably most of your listeners are, are young in the prime of their life. And, you know, 10 years seems like a long time, but take it from an older person like me. It goes really fast. Okay. It really goes fast. And I know everybody will say that. And I never thought so. And, and now I understand. And so, so um, in 10 years, the value of that million dollar, mortgage or mortgages that you have will be much lower than it is today. In fact, it'll probably be if inflation is very low and remains very low, it'll probably be around $600,000. So remember, you've just been paying interest only or really your tenant has been paying interest only because in real estate, we don't pay our own debts. We outsource our debt obligation to people called tenants great thing. Okay. And and, and not only that, we not only outsource the debt to the tenant, we say, hey, pay us a little extra every month. And we call that positive cash flow. Okay. Hopefully they're doing that too. But um, that loan balance is really paid off through inflation. Okay. So you don't even have to make a dent in it by paying down the principal. Inflation pays it off for you. And it's just a beautiful thing. So if inflation is at a very conservative rate, um, in ten years, you'll probably owe about six hundred and fifty thousand dollars in what we call real dollars. Now, uh, the comparison, and you know, you hear about this in the media and read about it. And if any of your listeners are really into like studying monetary policy and stuff, you know, they've all heard the term real dollars versus nominal dollars. Right. Now, the term nominal simply just means in name only. That's what nominal means in name only. Right. So the name of one million dollars is still called one million dollars. Okay? Yep. It's still the same name. But the value in real dollars is only six hundred and fifty thousand, you know, depending on the rate of inflation.
0: Right. Okay? Wow, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. So this this is this hidden wealth creator. Most people think, you know, hey, I made money on real estate because I bought it at a certain price and then I sold it at another price, right? Right. But that's, that's really the very basic understanding. What really happens behind the scenes is this inflation induced debt destruction, just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay. Now lest you or anybody listening think this is some like esoteric theory, right? It's <laughs> not. It happened no. to tens of millions of people. And one example that I give at my live conferences and on my podcast is an example of someone who bought a house, a median price house, in 1972. And the reason I go back that far is well, number one, because in 1971, we went off the gold standard. Okay. Right. And the world changed at that point. And a lot of us are still playing by this old rule book that our parents and grandparents taught, told us about, mm-hmm. which is like this save for a rainy day save, idea, right. pay off your debts. And, you know, for people that don't really understand finance, you know, and follow like the Dave Ramsey plan, that's fine. But it's it's not fine if you really want to get ahead and be proactive. You know, it's fine if you want to be defensive, okay? But uh, you know, uh, Vince Lombardi said the best offense is or the best defense is good offense, right? right? And so the offensive strategy is to use debt in a um, in a very powerful way, the way sophisticated investors do, and really the way our government does, okay? And the way the Federal Reserve does, and use debt as a way to create wealth, okay? And, and income property is the most debt-friendly asset class in America. It's the most tax-favored asset class in America. So taxes are the single largest expense any of us have in our lives. Yep. And... It is the uh, it is the most uh, historically proven asset class in the entire world. So uh, that's just one of the dimensions a lot of people don't think about. So back to that example, okay, for a minute. So I give this example of a person in 1972, a year after we went off the gold standard and the rules changed, uh, that bought the median price house for $18,000. That's what median price house cost back then. Mm-hmm. And crazy. they put 20% down. Yeah, I know, crazy, yeah, right? right. <laughs> yeah. So they put 20% down, and that means their mortgage was about $14,000. Okay? So then uh, their payment every month at 7.37%, which was what the interest rate was back then, mm-hmm. was about $101 per month. So they kept paying their mortgage, and over the course of 30 years until they get to 2001, when they make the last payment on that mortgage, okay? the average inflation rate was about 5.3% or something like that. Okay. But what happened is truly amazing because by the time they made the last payment on their mortgage, the value they were still writing checks for $101 every month for 30 years. Right. But the value of that $101 in real dollars was only $24. They thought they were paying one Oh one, but they were really only paying 24. Right. Okay. and, the value of that mortgage was obliterated by inflation. Now this is a person who lived in their house, didn't rent it out. They paid their own mortgage. When you rent it out, it gets way better because someone else pays your mortgage. Yes, exactly. Yep. So what happened in this example, just to sum it up, and we can move on to anything else you want. But in this example, (laughs) after inflation and after tax benefits, this this person that represents Joe Average American, John Doe, if you will, okay? John Doe basically got paid to borrow that money and he got to live in the house for free for three decades. <laughs> it's amazing. That's
0: incredible.
1: Here's how much he got paid. Exactly, okay? He thought he was paying 7.37% on the mortgage, but in reality, he got paid 1.16% to take out the mortgage after inflation and taxes. Okay. Wow. He got paid to borrow the money. <laughs> okay. And he got a free house for 30 years.
0: That's incredible.
1: It's amazing. That is an,
0: it's a, such an incredible way to think about it. And it is. And it's, that's definitely not something that uh, I've never thought of that. So yeah. I, I can't imagine it's something many people do. That's some, um, that's impressive. Well,
1: let me tell you, you might've heard the name of a uh, a fairly well-known billionaire. His name is Sam Zell, okay? That's a name people might've heard. He's on the mm-hmm. Forbes 400 list, richest people in America, one of the richest people in the world. And he owns a lot of real estate. He's a real estate investor and he runs REITs and funds and all this kind of stuff, right? right? And he talks about this thing. He doesn't call it inflation-induced debt destruction like I do, but he talks about the fact and the way inflation destroys debt. Now, inflation's an interesting thing. And I love talking about and studying monetary policy. Uh, it's, you know, it's certainly not a good way to get a girlfriend because, you know, first date conversation about monetary policy is just not real interesting. Thankfully, I have a girlfriend now, so, <laughs> you know, I don't need to worry too much about it. Uh, but, uh, but I used to need to worry about it. So uh, anyway, the, the point is, though, um, what, what happens here is, as you go through time, you know, inflation pays off your debt. It's, it's, it's incredible. Right. And you don't notice this, it's this hidden wealth creator. And it's the thing that's used and you think about it, our government does the same thing. They do the exact same plan. We all know the government's in debt, right? Right. Uh, We all know there, there's this trade war going on with China and other countries. Right. And all this kind of stuff. You hear about it all the time. Of course. But, but look at we, the fact is we owe China a ton of money we are getting the better end of this deal. Okay. Because we get all their stuff cheap. Now, the only thing we don't get a good end of it, and Trump's trying to fix it, and you know, I hope he will, because it does need to be fixed, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, American jobs have just vanished, right? Ross yeah. Perot in the 90s talked about that giant sucking sound. Well, <laughs> he was right. Okay. So that is the one bad part of it. But there are other good parts of it. So our government's in debt, our government issues debt, And then our government has the reserve currency of the world, and and that's the dollar. And so it controls the value of the dollar. And it controls the value by its spending and its monetary policy, its fiscal and monetary policy. And so the government basically borrows all this money from the world and then pays it back in cheaper dollars. They're doing the exact strategy I've outlined here. And all I'm saying. Is emulate the government, <laughs> okay? Uh, that's exactly the strategy they use. So if we owe a trillion dollars to China, and the inflation rate is just for round numbers, ten percent annually, which is not that high, but right. you know, for round numbers' sake, you know, we're going to get a hundred billion dollars lopped off our debt every year. That's, it's the best deal ever. That's
0: ridiculous. Okay, that is yeah. so crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, China's wise to this. It's not like they don't know what's going on. They're smart. Okay? Right. But, you know, we're in we're in control of that equation. So it's really
0: that, wow. And it's so crazy how the public will twist it too, you know, to make it sound like it is this horrible thing. But it just goes to show you, right, that a lot of people just don't understand that yeah.
1: this is... It happening. is a horrible thing, though, for most people. Because if you don't own real estate... And it's not, especially if it's not income producing real estate, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for the working poor and uh, people with a day job and people that don't own assets like income property that are really inflation hedged, it's a terrible deal for them. Okay. Because because the cost of everything goes up, you know, the cost of a rent goes up, the cost of food goes up, uh, you know, over time, the cost of gas goes up. Uh, right now gas is pretty cheap, but that's just an anomaly. Um, and you know, the cost of all this stuff goes up. And so for most people, inflation impoverishes them. So here's the thing I want your listeners to understand. Look, inflation is the most powerful way to transfer wealth ever invented. Okay. Okay. For good or evil. Um, uh, you might all remember during when Obama was running for president the first time, there was this guy that be- had 15 minutes of fame. Uh, his name was Joe the plumber. Okay. And and I actually interviewed Joe the plumber on my podcast because, okay. uh, because Joe the plumber talked about uh, how Obama's going to redistribute wealth and he confronted him when he met him at a rally one time. And, and, you know, he was all over the news for a little while. Okay. And, um, and, and so, you know, inflation, diminishes the value of our stocks our bonds our savings and uh and thankfully our debt okay so so most people do get hurt by inflation because they have stocks bonds and savings right and the value of that the, all that stuff goes all down with inflation right and the value up. the value of real estate goes up but the value of the debt against the real estate goes down wow so yeah. so it's it's beautiful only the you know this is one of the reasons the rich get richer and the poor get poor because the rich own income property and the poor don't so it's it's not fair. I'm just saying it's the way it is and you should position yourself to take advantage of it.
0: And that's it. That's exactly. You can't, I mean, there's no reason to fight it, right? You just might as well conform.
1: You're, you're not going to change it. That's for you're sure. Not, you're not going to change it at
0: all. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's the same thing what we're talking about with, you know, pensions and, and, and all these retirement plans, right. right that are pseudo or what, you know, it's, it's all, it's all, um, I, personally, I think there's a better way to do it. Right. Yeah. Much better way. Much better way. And real estate is it. And you just yeah. proved it. I mean, with yeah. inflation induced debt
1: destruction. Say that 10 times fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I can say that three times fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's awesome. Inflation
1: induced <laughs> debt destruction. It is a mouthful. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. I yeah, it. but that is awesome, though. I but, think but, that. But, can you
1: know, in the I, I'm part. sure a lot of your guests share, like, the basics of real estate investing. Okay. I, I wanted to share, and I, I got a bunch of other things that we don't have time for, but, you know, I wanted to share something they probably haven't heard much about. And, and that, that's one of the,
0: I do I mean, I don't think, I I know I've never said that. I I didn't even understand that. I mean, I've always known, right. That, you know, the longer you hold the property, right. The better the tax benefits get, you know, as I mean, especially with depreciation, right. I mean, there's so many awesome benefits, but, but right. You know, inflation and how it works against debt. I didn't think about that, but that's amazing. That's so profound.
1: You know, you know, you know what they say on those <laughs> sleazy infomercials? But wait, there's more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: So there there's a lot more. Okay. But just on the inflation component only, there are obvi- there's the obvious thing, right? Right. You know, everybody will tell you, you know, real estate is a great hedge against inflation. We've all probably heard that. And what they mean when they say that is they mean, well, if the consumer price index, the basic barometer, the CPI, as it's called, uh, is is an indicator of inflation, right? And the consumer price index is, you know, 3%, for example. Now, that's always understated. It's always a lie. Uh, the government has a very big interest in understating it. The Federal Reserve has a really big interest in understating those numbers, but we won't go into that. <laughs> but, but just suffice it to say, that whatever the government tells you, inflation's really the real rate of inflation is about 50 to 100% higher, okay? So if they tell you inflation is 3%, it's probably really 45 to 6%.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And we all know that just by looking around our lives and seeing the cost of rent and the cost of housing, how much it's gone up, and the cost of healthcare and college education. And, you know, people don't realize that we're doing a lot of stuff for ourselves nowadays, Mike. You notice that everything is do it yourself now? Go into a store and fi- try and find someone to help you. There's nobody. You know, you buy stuff sure. online. You know, we're our own travel agent now, yeah. we're our own everything. We don't have anybody. In the old days, people used to help us do all this stuff. Now we just do it all ourselves. Right. So that's, a, that's you know, the service has declined a lot. I mean, now you go to a restaurant and let me see, here's how it goes at most of these newfangled restaurants. You go and you wait in line to place your order and then you take a number, even at like nice restaurants that are expensive and you go and sit down at your table and, you know, maybe they call your number and you go up and get your food or maybe they drop the food off to you, but they certainly don't come and bring you water. You go get your own silverware, you go your own drink and fill it up in the thing. And, and you know, the price of that meal is much more expensive than it's ever been. Okay. And you're getting less and less and they still expect a tip and they don't even wait on you anymore.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and, <laughs> Hello? The tips, and the tips, you know, get higher and higher.
1: Oh, oh that's the other thing. Right. Yeah, I love that. And listen, by talking about this, I don't mean to pick on like workers because I really <laughs> do feel for them. You know, the companies, the restaurants don't pay them enough. Okay. Right. It's, it's not fair, and but still for the customer. Yeah. You know, you get that little tip screen on the little iPad and it's like, well, right. do you want to tip 18 or 22 or 26%? You know, right. the standard tip used to be 10 15 and maybe 20 if they were great. <laughs> yeah. Inflation. So the CPI will tell you, okay, the CPI goes up at 3% and real estate goes up at 6% on average every year. Okay. When people say it's a hedge, that's what they're talking about. That's the basics. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, real estate keeps pace or maybe outperforms inflation a little bit, but the debt gets destroyed by inflation. That's great. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That
0: is awesome. That is so profound. And thank yeah. you so much for, for dropping that knowledge and wisdom on us. Cause that's, hey, that's my, pleasure, yeah. my pleasure, man. Yeah.
1: So, so, so Fire away Um, with any questions. Yeah, no, no worries. (laughs) I sort of got diverted there, sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that was was awesome. That was really awesome. And since we're talking about the market and the economy, I mean, what are some of the issues that you see, you know, some of the the really core issues that you see and and how do you feel that it's best we fix them going going forward?
1: Well, um, you mean from like a governmental perspective or from a perspective of what we should do about it? What we should do about it, right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, what we should do about it is we should buy income property because of all the reasons we've been talking about. Right. Right. Um, But, uh, you know, the um, uh, regardless of what's going on today, there's going to be inflation. Okay. We are going to have more inflation regardless of what is going on today. Over time, Inflation is the trend, and the government wants it to be the trend, and the central banks want it to be the trend. So invest for inflation protection. Now, the other thing about that is, you know, most people will say, "Well, you should buy gold. You should buy precious metals. You know, that's how you protect yourself from inflation. Uh, You know, you should buy the S and P five hundred. You know, those are all these sort of old-fashioned things, and they're just okay. They they really are." you know, one dimensional things that don't have all those great multidimensional characteristics of income property. So, uh, so plan for inflation, invest for inflation and, uh, make sure you are doing the right thing as far as that stuff goes. Awesome. Um, awesome. uh, you know, uh, the, the future is obviously uncertain in so many ways. um, in in many ways, it's an amazing time to be alive, as I always say, because technology is incredible. As far as the cult- culture war goes, I think today kind of sucks, <laughs> really. Um, you know, as far as the uh, concentration of wealth issue, I think it's mm. pretty bad. I think the middle class has been under attack for decades now. Do you know for the last 41 years, Americans have not had a real dollar. Remember, not nominal dollar, but real dollar w- wage raise, a pay raise, for 41 years. The last time Americans sense. had a real dollar pay raise was in 1977, on average. Okay, wow. so um, it's it's crazy. Right. Uh, you know that,
0: that does that makes so much sense because I remember looking. I was uh, I was at a real estate meetup and they were putting the trends up right with mm-hmm. the amount of people that had jobs so their average salary and then how the uh, housing market rose in like 2006 2005 mm-hmm. all the way to the point of course where sort the of collapse but it just couldn't keep up and yep. now it's almost like you're seeing it again but um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's we're in for some interesting times here in the next year.
1: Yeah, we are. And look, you know, here's the thing: um, interest rates right now are historically cheap. They're very low. You can get money. You know, money like anything is a commodity, right? right. And you can borrow money. You can buy money, if you will. Or, you know, buying it in the form of having a mortgage on your rental properties you can buy it very inexpensively. Yes, they've gone up a little bit, but they're still historically very cheap, okay? Right. Money is cheap. And remember, the, the delta between the um, rate of inflation and the rate at which you borrow is, is what you're really paying, okay? Hmm. So if the government tells us inflation is 2% and you borrow it, you know, 5%, then what you're really paying is 3%, right? Right. Okay. But but you get tax benefits, which actually make the rate lower. And guess what? With income property, we don't pay our own debt. So someone else is paying it. Sure. All we're doing as a landlord is sort of acting as a broker, where we buy this asset that's very debt friendly. And then we tell someone else to pay the debt on it, but we get very cheap debt. And that debt, think about it, that debt is three decades long, Mike. Okay. So you're not going to make the last payment on that mortgage until 2049. Wow. Think yeah. about the significance right. of that. That's very true. Think about how much the world will change over 30 years. Think about how significant inflation will be. Think about the idea that every human being on earth has three common needs. We've all heard it. Food, clothing, and shelter. <laughs> let right. them rent that shelter from you. Okay. All exactly. of that shelter. And in, 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 in 30 years, the population in the U S will increase by almost 100 million people. Okay. Think about the significance of that. Right. We've got 320 million people. Now we're going to have almost a hundred million more in the next 30 years. Okay. That's impressive. And, um, right. That's insane. I mean, you think the freeways are crowded now. We better get flying cars really soon
0: because (laughs) they're working on it in Dubai. (laughs) <laughs> I was just over I know. We're it's, going. it's crazy. Fun.
1: Were you over there?
0: I was. Yeah. I just yeah. had my last deployment was over there. Yeah. About that's, Seven, eight months. I was...
1: That's an interesting place. That's probably the most incredible man-made city in the world. Uh, yeah. and I'd say maybe the second place would either have to be New York or Vegas, <laughs> you know, because big structures. Lord. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, uh, I, I took my mastermind group to Dubai a few years ago, my venture Alliance mastermind group. And, um, you know, it's an incredible place. I mean, it's mind boggling, you know, the tallest building. Did you go to the, what's the, the Burj, Burj Al Arab, right? Uh, yeah, I went to the Burj Al Arab. The hotel, yeah, yeah, we went to that. Right. And um, I mean, you look down on these 70 story buildings and they look like nothing.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's great. It's absolutely insane. It is. Uh, it but is. to build something like that, that's epic. It's crazy. But, uh, Uh, Can I ask one question, one more question on, uh, on just this whole topic of inflation. So what's your take then on those investors that like to, uh, say revolve debt, maybe pull equity out of properties and use it to, you know, build more cash flowing rentals. Is that a smart thing? Is that a bad thing?
1: Yeah. Good question. Really good question. So, like most things, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, generally speaking, yeah, it's a good thing. Okay. Right. Um, one of the things, uh, you know, look at odd, some people listening might think, well, this guy isn't very conservative. Jason isn't very conservative with his investments. <laughs> I'm actually very conservative. And you know, the most conservative thing is to be in debt on your assets, not to pay them off. Okay. Because okay. When times get bad, and look, we saw this during the Great Recession 10 years ago. When times get bad, the people that get all the benefits, all the loan modifications, the workouts, the short sale, are the people that have a lot of debt on their properties. And the people who get hurt the most, including natural disasters, by the way, hurricanes, earthquakes, whatever, uh, wildfires, the people that get hurt the most are the people who have the most equity in their properties. It's counterintuitive. Okay. You really have to think that through and look at how that dynamic plays out. Right. So, um, you know, uh, what was your question again about that? Uh, Really more so uh, home equity thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Home equity versus.
1: So, so the home equity deal, look, if you're paying a really high rate of interest, Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't recommend borrowing it. Okay. If you, if you are, uh, if you are getting an adjustable rate of interest, be careful. Okay, most of the time, home equity loans are adjustable, not always. Um, But you might just refinance the whole property. So you don't necessarily have to do, you know, you can either take out a second loan, like a home equity loan, a HELOC, or, you know, could be any kind of structure, but a second loan, a second mortgage, uh, or just refinance the first and do a cash out refinance for a larger amount. Right. So if you've got, you know, a $200,000 property and you've got a $120,000 loan balance, but the bank will loan you 160,000 and you want to get 40 grand out, you know, you can either refinance the whole thing, which might be the better way to go or just refinance or just, uh, just keep the first loan in place and put a second loan on it like a HELOC. And what you have to look at is what we call the blended rate. okay? Okay. So if your first loan, if the rate on your first loan is, say, 4% and the rate on your second loan is 8%, okay, uh, you'd have to take the amount of money of each of those loans and then blend that interest rate together. And I don't know what it would be because I don't know what the balance of either loan is would end up to be right. Right. But, um, but you know, you software can do this obviously. Uh, and, um, and, and so you want to look at the blended rate and make sure that blended rate is reasonable because it might be a better deal to just refinance the whole thing. Okay. Or it might be a better deal to get the second loan. I don't know the answer, but definitely, definitely pulling equity out of the property and getting control of that money is the best strategy because the equity in the house is always a target for a creditor who might, you know, sue you, uh, you know, it's the target for foreclosure. It's the target for, you know, if you fall on bad times, um, the way to protect yourself from bad times is to have the money out of the property, not in the property. Okay. And to have control of that money. Like if someone gets laid off from their job, right. Right. And they've got a ton of equity in their property. No one's going to give them a loan and refinance them. And give right. them cash if they don't have a job. Very true. That's okay. Right. That's but point. if they already took the money out, they've got control of the money and they could live off that savings, right? Uh, but you know, yeah, it's. Uh, I covered this on my podcast. It's called the Creating Wealth Show, pretty extensively when I talked about something called the Tale of Two Brothers. Okay. Okay. And the Tale of Two Brothers is a story about two brothers that you know did their whole financial plan very differently. One was like, Oh, pay off the house. Uh, you know, let's not have any debt, pay off the car. And the other was, well, let's use leverage, uh, intelligently and responsibly, of course. Okay. But let's use leverage the way the big guys do and let's keep control of our money. Uh, and, and, you know, keep the debt, as long as the debt is fixed rate and it's cheap. Okay. Uh, and especially if it's not consumer debt. Now understand, Debt is only my favorite four letter word. <laughs> okay. When it's not consumer debt. Right. That's the right way. Yeah. Good debt versus bad debt. Do not go buy a bunch of clothing, go on a bunch of vacations or gamble or whatever you do Right. Uh, and go into debt over that. That would be really stupid. Exactly. So obviously this is, it's what I call investment grade debt. Mm. All
0: right. Yeah. That is awesome. Thank you so much. And, yeah. and there will be a link to that tale of two brothers in the show notes page. So make sure you guys go check that out. That sounds okay. awesome. Yeah, sir. So, wow. This is impressive and such a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for this. Um, I got, I got to take you to the bonus round. I got three. Okay. Final questions. All right.
1: Okay. Away, so
0: we'll make it happen. Um, so, uh, what is your favorite book?
1: Oh, and impossible. it
0: can be, and it can be favorite. It can be all-time it all time favorite. All right. pertaining to real estate.
1: I got to pick a few. I can't do one. Okay. okay that's fine. Go for um, so it. So a, a great one that I love that had this huge influence on me and the author, well, most of these authors have passed away now. Um, but um, uh, it's about a serviceman during World War II, an American serviceman. And it's an awesome story. It's by Ogmandino. It's called Mission Success.
0: Mission success.
1: Mission success. And you know what? I got it right here. I just saw it because I just moved. Hang on.
0: All right. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) There it is. Okay. This is
1: it. Mission success by Bandino. And look at how old this is. You can probably get this. It's out of print now, but it's awesome. Inside it, it has like a five minute poem. And I played the audio of it on my show called the seeds of success. Oh, this is incredible. Very okay. inspiring little book. Okay, and it's you know it's kind of a semi-fictional story, I guess. Um, and and then um, uh, Stephen Covey, the late Stephen Covey, his book "The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People." Um, you know, yeah. that's, it's just that's an awesome book. Mm-hmm. It changed my life. Um, and then um, another one that's out of print, but you you can still get a hold of it. Earl Nightingale's greatest discovery. <laughs> and uh okay. and that's that's an older one but man if you if you want to you know learn to think bigger uh that's that's really that's really good okay, okay
0: awesome yeah. thank you thank you so yeah. much and there'll be uh there'll be uh links to all those books too in the show notes page so that's that's yeah. great wow okay
1: good stuff
0: awesome Thanks. um who is your biggest hero and why
1: Oh, God, I can't pick just one. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> this,
0: is, this is that perfect time where we get to know you on a little more personal level. So
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I'd, have to say, I'd have to say that the four people who changed my life the most um, are outsiders. You know, people that I, I've met a few of them, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be a couple that I've touched on. It would be Dennis Whaley, Earl Nightingale, Zig Ziglar, and Jim Rohn. And these are like these old fashioned motivational yeah. speakers. Only one of them is still alive. And that's Dennis Waitley. He was, he was on my show before. And um, these guys just have some great stuff. You know, like a lot of the content out there when people want to learn things anymore is, is kind of like how-to content nowadays. But right. I don't think how-to works very well until you have like a foundational philosophy of life. And, um, and I think, you know, a lot of people look to biblical stuff. There's a lot of wisdom there too. Um, But, uh, you know, for a more modern contemporary kind of view on things, I'd say any of the books by or or audio programs by those four great motivational speakers of, of, you know, the 80s and 90s. Yeah, uh, are phenomenal. And even the 70s, I mean, I think some of them were doing their thing in the 70s, you know. Right. So, yeah. They're, they're no, I,
0: that, that's really, I think that is really true, you know, because I think a lot of times uh, we all go through different things and you're only, you know, ready to understand something when you're at that moment in your life to understand yeah. that mindset. Yeah. Scene.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a great, uh, I think it's a Zen saying on that. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear.
0: <laughs> That's it right there. That's
1: it. I was You're trying to remember to that. Earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, well, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I was trying to remember that earlier and I couldn't. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. And the final question is, uh, for those who are ironically, for those who are trying to get started, what, uh, three nuggets, if you have them, right. Uh, what would you give them to get started?
1: You know, uh, number one, just to borrow a a phrase that's, you know, been a billion dollar brand uh, for Nike is just do it. You got to do it. Okay. Look, there are people in life that are so overly cautious that they want to know everything before they do something. Mm. That strategy simply does not work. Okay. Um, you, You will never know everything. You can't, You know, one of my favorite quotes is actually a Zen saying, and I'm not a Zen Buddhist, okay? <laughs> but you know, they've they got some good stuff. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and it's, um, it's, it's really short. It's really easy. To know and not to do is to not yet know. To know and not to do is to not yet know. You learn and you know stuff by doing stuff. You will never know everything in advance. You've got to jump in and do it. I mean, your audience is is mostly military. Come on. You can sit in a room with a whiteboard and discuss battle all day long. But until you've been there (laughs) on the ground, there's no way you can really understand it. Okay. You know, you can even do virtual reality. you still it's not the same. Okay. You, you, you got to do it to, to know it, you know, do the thing and you will know the thing. So that's the first right. thing. Just jump in and get started. You, you will make mistakes. Everybody does try and learn as much as you can from experienced people like myself, like you, you know, um, but you, they can't teach you everything. You can only learn by doing things at yeah, some true. point. You got to just jump in and, and be willing to take a risk. Okay. Uh, so that's certainly one thing. Um, Don't become an education junkie, you know, Mm. get educated, get some basic education, find some mentors. That's certainly important. You know, listen to podcasts like yours, like mine. Those are free. Um, And actually that would dovetail on my third point. Don't pay a lot of money for education (laughs) Education and information nowadays is either cheap or free. Okay. So um you can get a lot of good stuff. I mean a lot of the good stuff. You know, you offer a bunch of educational programs, right? They're so inexpensive. I mean, compare that to you know the it didn't used to be a rip off, but it's a rip off now and that's college. College is the most overpriced rip off, I'm just going to say it. It's just a it's <laughs> yeah. okay. You know, when 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 my mom went to Berkeley, okay? Uh a long time ago, right? She could pay her way through college. And college was great back then. You know, I mean, I'm sure academically it was better than it is today too. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, nowadays you've got to go into debt. and, and You're paying you know, for
0: a name more than anything. You're yeah. paying for like little badge that says, oh, I'm a Harvard grad or I'm a, you know, no offense to those who are Harvard. And, grads. Listen, you know, it'll this,
1: certainly yeah. help you if you went to Harvard. Yeah. But the question is, it's not only the money, the $300,000 in debt you're going to be afterwards, mm-hmm. but it's the time. You know what could you have done in that four years? You know, like one of my friends' kids is going to college, and you know, for some people you got to go to college because you're not going to be disciplined enough to have the structure, right? Mm. But you know, think about it. If you do, if you do, okay. So there's 52 weeks in a year. I got my calculator here, right? All right. 52 (laughs) weeks in a year, okay. And I want to say that the best education we'll ever get is doing a bunch of six-week internships. Okay, so 52 times four years of college that's 208 weeks okay okay now divide that by six that's 35 internships you could do you could find 35 mentors and in four years for free they might even pay you okay <laughs> instead sure. of you paying them you could do 35 internships in a whole bunch of different career areas and just go be someone's slave. For six <laughs> weeks at a time. Get them coffee, you know, do whatever they want, answer the phone, do the dirty work. You're right. gonna learn
0: And oh. you're gonna learn something, absolutely.
1: That's that's a wow. way better deal than college. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I get it that if you wanna be a doctor or an engineer, you gotta go to college. I'm not
0: yeah. Right. There are certain things you got to get certified for, and that's, that's completely different, but you know, but I, I hear you though. I mean, and what's funny is too, is that a lot of people go to college now and they don't even end up using the degrees that they studied. So huh.
1: I hire those people all the time. You know, <laughs> oh, I'm an English major. I got a degree in psychology, but now I'm getting into real estate. Okay. Oh, welcome to real you estate. You
0: don't need it. <laughs> that's
1: free worth for you. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
0: hey, well, awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. This was amazing and very, very valuable. I know our audience is going to get a lot of it. And uh, thank you for your time. I really appreciate hey,
1: it. Ma- hey, Mike, it's my pleasure. Um, you can find my podcast, uh, The Heroic Investing Show, or my big podcast, The Creating Wealth Show, on any platform. Just search Jason Hartman, and uh website is jasonhartman.com.
0: Outstanding. And yeah. make sure that you guys go out and reach out and connect with Jason, listen to his podcast, Amazing stuff. And thanks again, Jason. Really appreciate it.
1: Hey, happy investing to you and your listeners and thank you for your service. All
0: right. Take care. Wow, that was incredible. All right. Thank you so much, Jason, again for your time. Super excited having him on the podcast. I learned so much. Make sure you guys go back and take some notes. Uh and also hit subscribe. We've got so many legends coming on the show. And we're gonna bring every single one of them to you. All right, if you have any questions. That you want to hear us ask any one of these uh, these folks, please share them with us. Right, we we're always on the live on the Facebook group, and uh, we want to hear more from you. And also make sure that you're shouting out your victories because we want to shout you out as well, just like we did Nick earlier. Okay, if you guys are ready to go and you're ready to get 2019 off to a great start, make sure that you schedule a call with me or any one of on my team. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what your goals are, and we want to help you. Find at least two or three waypoints to success, right? So we can help you get going on the uh, on the, the journey of your
1: life. All right, bye.